Hello everyone, this is Tony Kramer, Product Specialist with RDO Equipment Company, and you are listening to the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Every day there are phenomenal advancements being made in the field of agriculture technology. RDO Equipment Company is a leader in agriculture equipment and precision agriculture technology and is here with industry experts to bring the latest news and information from RDO and John Deere. Thanks for joining us on the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 76, and today we are going to be talking about pestle instruments. Before we dive into the show, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. You can subscribe to the show on many different podcasting apps that we are streaming this out to, such as Apple's podcasting app, Stitcher, we have it on Overcast, it's also on SoundCloud, as well as many others. While you're out there, drop us a review. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. Lastly, make sure to follow RDO Equipment Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and catch all of our latest videos on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter, at RDOTonyK. With that, let's get back to the show. I'm really excited to welcome Gottfried Pessel, who is the founder and CEO of Pessel Instruments. Thanks for joining us on the show today, Gottfried. To get started, I'd really like to learn a little bit more about you and your background and how you got involved in this industry. Oh, thank you, Donnie. Gottfried Pessel. I'm, I'm an Austrian entrepreneur, which I started in, uh, in 1983, my business, which is quite a long time ago. And uh, when I started, before I was a banker, about seven years in a local bank and I'm also a son from an Austrian I would call it subsistence agriculture family where we had to work not only in agriculture but also we had a bed and breakfast uh, and in a tourist area very nice very close to Graz which is the second biggest city of Austria not far from Vienna and when I started my business I started in strawberries and uh, because my cousin, who is, was a co-founder, was an inventor of a strawberry harvesting machine. And uh, with that, and with my experience in, in banking and, uh, and in marketing, we started bluntly the business. And it took a while that uh, we went uh, into the business, what we are right now. And right now, uh, I would say it's a business which is quite hyped in different uh, sectors, uh, a lot of Silicon Valley businesses now investing in, in agriculture and IOTs in agriculture. But what is IOT? When I started the business in 1983, there was hardly computers in, in on farms. And uh, we had a device which was forecasting risks for apples cap. And if you're an apple grower or you heard about apples, how they are grown, Apple's cap is the biggest problem for every apple grower. It's the so-called black spots on the apples, and they can be forecasted with, uh, let's say, with monitoring temperature, humidity, rainfall, and leaf wetness very precisely when this, uh, this disease will appear and when the farmer needs to spray. And so this was the first product, and it was internet of course because the internet was not invented yet so it took us until 2004 
we installed many, many stations all over the world already in the uh, early 2000, but they were not connected to the internet. And when we found out that it, there was a possibility to dial in with a so-called IP modem, we, we were designing a website, which is now the same website we still use. It's called www.fieldclimate.com. With that, uh, we were able to invent basically the Internet of Things for agriculture. There was no Internet of Things even, even as a word existing, and even the, the web platform was very, very simple. But we have seen that this, the farmers who were buying into that first devices, they could see everything on the Internet. There was no, no software needed. But it took us until 2004, 2005, until this really took off. Yeah, in the meantime, Pestel Instruments is a global player in this field. We are around 90 people in our headquarters in Austria, mostly developers, uh, uh, administration. We have a multinational team of about 70 nations in Austria. We hire globally. I'm the CEO, uh, I'm still running the company. But of course, in the meantime, we have affiliates in 15 different countries, uh, of course, also in US, Central America, Mexico, Latam, Brazil, and so forth. And it's very exciting. You can see or you can feel that now the technology is really taking off. It took a while that farmers understand what Internet of Things, what uh, devices which are monitoring and sending data from the fields uh, can do for a farmer. It's really neat to hear your background coming from, like you said, a family of farmers as well as entrepreneurs and themselves. It's really neat to hear how that all kind of molded and, and, and got, got your start, got you going. I couldn't even imagine trying to do something like this in the 80s when you made the comments that there was no internet, there wasn't there wasn't a way to to get that stuff out there. So it's really neat to hear how long ago this has been started and and how much hard work you've put into getting to where it is today. And that's really what we're going to talk about here on this episode is Pestle Instruments today what you guys do and what you offer. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about just starting out with the, the weather stations that are kind of the, the meat and potatoes of your systems? Yes, thank you very much, Tony. That's, I think, a very exciting is the weather stations when we started in the 80s, they were, of course, our, our bread and butter because weather information is so important for farmers because farming happens in open sky and weather is is there in a good or in a bad way no and so weather station and precisely monitor what's going on in the field is help helping the farmer to understand better how much rain they've got on that field what is the humidity what is the temperature what is the wind speed and, and making uh, this information available for the farmer nowadays, of course, on, uh, on his mobile uh, device. So he can basically almost receive in real time this information. I know you have a number of different weather station systems. Let's just talk a little bit. Uh, let's compare two of them. So you have the, the iMetos 3.3 and you also have the Eco D3. What would be the differences between these systems? 
yeah, the IMAT 3.3 is our, let's say, workhorse uh, as a weather station. So this unit can be equipped with a number of sensors, up to 400 sensors you can run on one single unit. But most farmers, they will, they will run it with the basic parameters like rainfall, which is uh, very important for understanding heaviness of rain, the amount of rain, then of course the temperature and relative humidity, which gives the farmer risk for frost, for heat, for special heat events. Humidity gives them information about time it takes that the, the, the droplets on the spray will be drying out. Then sensors like radiation, sunshine duration, very important also to understand the uh, different parameters and everything is stored locally on the on the device in the field they are operated by solar panel we have a very small solar panel so one of our most differentiation uh, of our devices is that we have to build the device very much uh, power consciousness so it's very power economic and then of course the communication can go down to Every 10 minutes, the system will, will send data to our web platform, fieldclimate.com. And the ECO D3, however, is a smaller version of the weather station. So normally you have one or two uh, weather stations on a, on a bigger farm, which is either directly on the, on the in, close to the farmhouse or in the, in the, in the fields, which maybe, maybe some fields are further away. So you have also full weather stations. And then you have the ECHO D3, which is a, a simple system, which is very small in terms of dimensions. And this can be installed directly inside the field. So that means it can stand at, this, at the fields all over the year. Normally, it depends on the operation. On permanent crops, it's installed and stays there forever. Forever, I mean, we say our devices should last at least double digits, so 10 years plus. And we can demonstrate this, that this is also one of the, the, the major assets of, of our product, that you don't need to change a weather station every three years because it breaks down. Our system is built to last, like similar than a John Deere tractor. So that's very important for us that we have something which you install and you maintain, of course. You, you cannot leave it 10 years without maintenance. But I mean, once it's there, it should last there for 10 years. And the T3 is mo mostly measuring the temperature and humidity and rainfall, and also in many cases, also mo uh, soil moisture. Uh, very important, even for, for non-irrigated farmers, is to monitor or measure permanently the soil moisture. And we, we suggest uh, to use soil moisture sensors, which are based on uh, capacitance with a sort of profile probe where you have uh, every five inches or one soil moisture sensors up to let's say three foot down uh, to the to the to the soil profile and you you get information about when uh, the crop runs out of water in terms of a, a non-irrigated crop and on on an irrigated crop you can see where your crop is taking the water from and which distance or which area the, the plant is taking the water from. And so it avoids overwatering and underwatering. 
And of course, in a non-irrigated crop, a very important application is also uh, to understand uh, if the pl plant is running out of water, many clients uh, can then stop input because if the water is the restricting factor in some cases, you can say, okay, I'm not putting additional inputs on that crop because uh, the crop cannot perform because there's no, not, not sufficient water. So that helps you also to minimize inputs and as I said, in this case, uh, wasting important resources. You talk about all of these different sensors and the different weather stations, the different levels of weather stations you have. Now, these are not only for for row crop application. So here in the upper Midwest where I'm at, we have a lot of corn, soybeans, stuff like that. You go out to the coast and you have a lot of uh, vineyards, orchards, things like that. You kind of talked about it at the beginning, Gottfried. These systems are, are capable of being used in agriculture all over the world in, in many different aspects, correct? Correct. We have, I think, uh, at this point of time, I think I have over 100 different crops. We have in the installations of weather stations. Right now, we have about 46,000 uh, systems in the in internet-based systems in, in installed. And I would say uh, a good 20,000 systems are installed in, or maybe even more, are installed in high-value crops like apples, like uh, windyards, like like table grapes, like avocados, but of course, an increasing number nowadays, especially with uh, our collaboration with John Deere, is going now into into row crops. Now in the, in the Midwest, even in Canada, we have a very strong company. We work at John Deere dealer, work up in in Saskatchewan, and they are using it a lot in canola. And in this uh, canola crop, the application using the T3 combined with, uh, with the soil moisture sensor up to 90 centimeter or three foot deep is a very, very interesting one because here they really see in, in some years when they, they, they have to stop with the inputs or they can put additional inputs when they see that the crop is still having enough water to, to grow because especially in a, in a short growing season like in Saskatchewan and in, in the prairie states, you have to be very careful with the inputs in order to uh, maximize your, your yields. No? no matter what crops you're utilizing, no matter what part of the world you're in, we of course need to get this data into the system or, or it's being collected there. And you had talked about the field climate system. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about field climate and how that works with the system? Mm -hmm. First of all, you need to have a, a stable communication. So a stable communication uh, in the past, we were using mostly uh, in Europe, it's the GSM network uh, from the telcos. And we started in the very beginning in, the, in 2004, 2005, we started out with GS, uh, GPRS. Now uh, at this point, we are already at 4G, which means communication is much faster. And in the in, in US, we're using a lot at this point uh, CDMA. But of course, also here, we are very much dependent on the, on the local availability of, of the communication system. Nowadays, lots of new communication systems are coming out. We have been one of the first companies who have been involved in the development of, for agriculture applications 
for narrowband IoT. In US, it's called CAT-M, CAT-M1. Now, uh, lots of people are speaking about LoRa, which is LoRa1, which is new systems which are designed to be used for Internet of Things. But once we have the data to Field Climate, Field Climate is our platform where all the data from all the stations are collectively reporting to. You have a password protection for the users. Users can share the data amongst them if they wish. But we have been, we are very cautious and, and knowledgeable about who pharma wants to share data. So this is all up to, up to the pharma, which the data can be shared. Then we have a very easy to use phase in many different languages, of course, because in Europe, you have to have it in French, in Italian, in, in Spanish, in Romanian. And, and of course, then this data is then available directly on a tablet, on a mobile phone. But more and more clients are using this data now as a, in another way so that the data is, is communicated into another machine. Us, the data goes into, let's say, into the operation center from John Deere. And, and here, the data is enriched with uh, additional value. But coming back to field climate, on field climate, of course, we have also other functions built in. We have weather forecast, localized weather forecast. So what we do with the weather stations and with the T3, we, we get the weather from the fields, from the farm. And then we can enrich this data with localized weather data, weather forecast which is based on the local measured data and improved with, with the measured data. So we can bring history and future together and then forecast uh, risk indexes. We have different risk indexes for up to 80 different diseases on, on crops, let's say downy mildew in, in, in grapes, uh, uh, apples cap I mentioned already in the beginning, potato blight, Cercospora peticola in sugar beet uh, and different other diseases, rust diseases. Because the information uh, of data is one thing, but bringing this into application, bringing this into decision support, this is another thing. And this is something we have been focusing very heavily over, over the last 30 years, basically. The software system that you guys have developed, Field Climate, is obviously very tailored to understanding and, and bringing in all of that data. And you talked about all the different uses for it. It's not just collecting that data, but being able to make those educated decisions. We are going to stop the episode here and pick back up again with this episode in two weeks. So stay tuned, subscribe to the show, and make sure to continue listening in two weeks when we release the second half of the episode with Gottfried Pessel and Pessel Instruments. This podcast was produced and edited by Nate Dorsey. Visit audioequipment.com podcast to listen to new episodes and catch up on any that you've missed. You can also listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Android devices so that you'll never miss out on the latest news and technology from RDO Equipment and John Deere. If you really like this podcast, please share it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or any of the other social media platforms that you are using. You can also connect with me on Twitter at RDO Tony K. That's at R D O. 
T-O-N-Y-K, where you can tweet me questions, episode feedback, or ideas for future topics to cover. Please join us next time on the Agriculture Technology Podcast.